Yeah. Island Children movie. Uh, the, the imitation, imitation game. game. Yeah, bro, this guy was able to, like, decipher the Nazi codes to find out, like, I think it was where, they, where they're gonna, like, shoot their missiles or something. Something like that. And he just did it, like, with very little help. Basically on his own. You know what? With a few people. Only. Do you know what? Yeah. I'm, I don't want to be, I don't want to, like, not give credit to Alan Turing. But was because, it but, like, a lot of people, like, <clears throat> basically, I'm not saying that they forget, but there was a lot of Polish cryptographers. Okay. Like, who did extremely dumb amounts of work. Like, initially, when the war started, and Poland, Poland was the first country to become, inv- to, 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 that was invaded. Mm. And, um, and there was basically a group of mathematicians and intelligent people under, like, it's, it was called underground in speech marks. No one knew okay. about them. Yeah. And, like, deciphering codes. And, yes, like, this man did huge... Like, he did the, the like... the last, his stuff was for the UK. I don't the, know it was for the UK, but the thing is... Um, they, like, everything initially started from Poland. Because how were they supposed to know that Poland's being invaded and all of this okay. shit is happening? Yeah. And... Um, Poland had a lot of insight because they were like captured by by Germany. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? And they, they didn't they didn't like they had no idea what was going on. They the Germany thought this fucking country is just it's gone. Like Warsaw <coughs> was I think ninety five percent destroyed or something like that. Yeah. Um but but like in the realm yeah. of the unknown, there was like these Polish cryptographers, mathematicians who who were also like deciphering huge codes. I was thinking so, about like, you know, a s- similar story when um, when Einstein went over to America mm-hmm. and told them that um, was it Einstein that went to America and told them that the Germans are preparing. Germans have really good physicists and are preparing like a. Oh, they had very intelligent people as well. Nuclear bomb. Yeah, and so the the um and so the Manhattan Project mm-hmm. began, and they brought all the really really good American physicists at the time. All of them were there together. There was Niels Bohr, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then Feynman was young. Wait, but who was the German physicists in Germany? Were there was Einstein, um, what's his name? But he wasn't um, involved with anything. No, he, he, he left. He had to he leave left. Nazi Germany because That's, he was Jewish. Exactly. Exactly. So he had to, exactly. He had to exactly. From the country, if not like. Mm-hmm. Nazi Germany sort of valued their scientists in a very weird way mm-hmm. but they valued their scientists so I don't know if Einstein was going to be just like killed the way the other Jews were I don't mm-hmm. know I don't know what would have happened to him but I don't think it would have been pleasant anyways um, who was it? Heisenberg I can't tell you Heisenberg was also in Nazi Germany I think uh, let me look, let me You'd have to search that up. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure, but I think Heisenberg was during the Nazi regime. Heisenberg. Werner Heisenberg. Hmm. Yeah, he was. He was definitely born. He was definitely during that time. He was born in 1901 and died in 1976. So. He was around yeah. there. Yeah. He was around there. He, he he has the uncertainty principle, right? Yeah. Delta X delta P. Yeah. That's him. Well, yeah. So, so anyways, Einstein had to leave and he warned them about, like, the Germans have really good physicists. Mm-hmm. They're going to be able to make something that's extremely powerful, like a nuclear bomb. Yeah. So all the American physicists went down 
to the, and started the Manhattan Project. Yeah. And who was it? It was. If you ask any physicist at the time, who's the best physicist at the time? I think, or even now, they all say Einstein. And, but when they say Einstein, they say the second closest was Paul Dirac, who's this like English, slash French. French. Yeah. Okay, but he's not French. I've, I've, they, they, that guy. But he was clever. About. He was really clever. He went to his dad. Like was really strict with him. So. What did he like invent? He, um, the, is it Dirac delta function? There's this? a there's. Is it him? Yeah, it's Dirac. Him. Yeah, go into the first equation they'll show you is his equation. Dirac made fundamental contributions to the early development of both quantum mechanics and quantum electrodynamics. Yeah. Quantum theory. Oh, he did a shit ton of stuff. But wait, go into his formula. If you just go into Dirac Dirac formula. All oh, right. Just write that. Formula. I think that's one he he gave. I don't understand. Yeah. This is quantum. But I don't. I don't understand it. But um, I just wanted to see it. Yeah. Had a few things. This is here. past our knowledge. Yeah. Uh, but not but good enough at physics. Uh, hopefully yet. Relativistic wave equation derived by British physicists. It is free from. Or but you know he was he was so clever. This guy. Um, how do these guys think of this stuff? I don't know. So, you know what? He, uh, I think he went to Cambridge for engineering. Who? His dad wanted him to go for engineering. Dirac. Dirac. But he didn't like engineering, so he finished it quick. He finished the course in two years. A lot of people do that. Bro. A lot like, of these bro, physicists. He went, to, like, he went to Cambridge engineering, finished the course in two years so that he can move on and do physics. Because he uh, liked it more. He got a Nobel Peace Prize, yeah. Nobel Nin Peace Prize or yeah. no, Nobel, no, Nobel Prize in Physics. Yeah. 1933. I can't remember what it was for, but I remember he did get a Nobel. Um, uh, he's a smart guy, we must say. Mm. I mean, this is, I don't so understand. these are the two big, big, big physicists of yeah. the 20th century. Like the really, really big ones. But then the loved one by students is Feynman. Everyone. Yeah, I mean, because I, I the guy him. just knows how to teach. Like, okay, this guy. Cool. He's like, he's like the teacher you want to have. He's the god teacher. Like, he will explain like things to you that you wouldn't even be able to comprehend. Yeah, usually. and it, he does it in a way where, like, it doesn't, it doesn't even feel like physics. Yeah, it just feels like you're listening minute. to like cool information. Yeah, it's just like, oh well, he was explaining tunneling, quantum tunneling. You know, when yeah. something jumps a. Uh, the uh, like the forbidden forbidden region like um, where it shouldn't be supposed to go through, but it still can go through like an electron I think and he explained it by like imagine you push a ball, or you push something into a volcano with a really tiny like hole. Okay. So instead of it just if you push it slowly, it doesn't go into the hole. It just rolls back down. Right? That's true. But if you push it with enough force. It go pushes up and goes in. Yeah. You know? And that's how he explained it. He said there has to be enough energy for it to be able to mm. do the quantum tunneling. Mm. That's how it, it's such a nice analogy. It's like and when he explains how like surface tension works, he's like, Oh, atoms like are holding hands. Yeah. Like uh, and that's why they shape that ball like form. And that's why like planets are circular as well. Cause you know what? I have a theory. But what? I don't know why, but I, I, it's, it just seems so strange to me that everything works in like a orbital nature. Our atoms, like our electrons are orbiting. Do you see what mm. I'm saying? And, you know, we are created out of um, millions of these atoms. And then these plant, like our planet orbiting 
around the sun, mm. right? And then on the like, and then you go up again, and everything then is galaxies like ish. Yeah, 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 but exactly, it's not. It's an eclipse. Yeah, I don't know. It's ellipse, but like structure. you can you can express in terms of pi, can and if I'm pretty ellipses. sure, I'm pretty sure you can. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not one hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure you can, uh, and go to the next like uh like next level galaxies are spinning around other things and then on another like it just it's like from the fundamentals to the biggest things on this on this like universe everything somehow is just fucking spinning yeah they say like the the micro imitates the macro and vice versa like in economics isn't it uh, in economics is different micro and macroeconomics are so different from what i've done in economics anyways like, I haven't done too much economics. I stopped, I stopped economics before uni. Like, okay. I just stopped economics yeah, like yeah. a year ago. But um, micro and macro are so different. Oh, in economics? Yeah. Teach me. I mean, I, know... bro, I, I don't think I'm even competent enough to still do it. Okay. I, 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 used, to, I used to help out with the math and economics parts. Okay. So supply and demand? Like, uh, supply and demand. I used to be able to, like, uh, find out... Um, I forgot the words, like if there's shortages or not. I wouldn't be able to explain it that well. I'm okay. really, really like Fair rusty. Enough. I'm extremely rusty on economics. But I just I just knew that I liked micro more than macro and there was a massive difference. No, like, I mean uh, definitely. I think what well, macro is the big the whole yeah, the whole picture like of whole macro. But I think it's it's difficult to manage macroeconomics because like Everyone has different ideas on macroeconomics. Everyone has different ideas <clears throat> on everything. <laughs> macroeconomics is pretty like, if you do something, the supply and demand. So everything makes are kind of really sense. Really simple to understand. Yeah. On a very basic level, like uh, if if you put out a product and people like it, people are gonna buy it. But it makes oh, sense and it's like extremely basics, strong. Yeah. Like it's it's then, like kind of like Pythagoras' theorem in maths. When you scale it out and go to macro, I think it's completely different. It becomes, okay. It becomes you have to take into account like uh, unions, like how much power they have, minimum wages, all that type of stuff. I on, see. The, on the big scale. I guess it gets it gets more into like politics as well. Yeah, and yeah, other yeah, like yeah. fields. Because more. like I think uh, there are some economists that had the idealistic an idealistic view of account economics yeah, and geography and as well. A lot of geography goes into it. Mm. That's why I really, I loved geography, like, back in, I don't know, like, when I was, like, 16, 15. But what I could not stand is, like, all the politics involved with geography. And it's, like, I just wanted to learn about volcanoes and tectonic plates. Yeah. yeah? But I had to remember, right, like, these, like, long, long essays on, like, I remember, like, like... Even with like, because I was learning about Nigeria and like their political situation. I remember they had a coup, and um, there was like the problem of oil and how like eighty percent of like their money at, from a certain point was coming from oil, mm. and it was extremely like dependent on oil. I remember this stuff, but I remember learning about it, and it was just so hard to learn about because it was so like like economics slash politics like heavy rather than geography yeah 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 and it, that's why I didn't pick geography because like at A levels because I was just I feared it yeah I feared and that the thing is back, back then I was very like closed minded and I and I thought to myself I'm a like maths, mathsy type of guy and I just yeah. can't